This is Writers Not Writing, the show where you can get to know your favorite writers and soon-to-be favorite writers by listening to them confess to the ways they procrastinate. Thanks for procrastinating with us. I'm Benjamin Gorman, and the quiet guy behind the glass there is Doug the producer. I write novels and collections of poetry and stuff. Doug tries his best to make me sound better. And each week we have a secret word to listen for. If you catch it, you earn the right to take an extra break at the time of your choosing from whatever is stressing you out. From Not A Pipe Publishing, welcome to Writers Not Writing. Today's secret word is CRISPR. Salutations! Hail and well-met readers and reviewers. Welcome to Writers Not Writing. I'm very excited this week to have our guest, Aaron M. Evans. Aaron M. Evans is the author of the books of the Usurper series, including Empire of Exiles and the forthcoming Relics of Ruin, as well as the Brimstone Angels saga. She's one of the hosts of the podcast Writing About Dragons and Shit, and a dungeon master on the Twitch actual play channel, Dungeon Scrawlers. Welcome, Aaron. I'm very, very glad to have you here today. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, this will be a good one. So, as folks can see, we dress up in costume. I mean, we go all out for this. <laughs> so, for the sake of the podcast, listeners, tell everybody about the costume you chose to wear. Well, I have opted to depict one of my childhood favorites, Queen Frostine from Candyland, the 1984 version, not the more recent versions. Yes. You know, you know. So a you know this this gown is 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 opalescent crinoline with this sort of trademark uh, a frosting overskirt. Uh, I've got my 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 glittering wig, uh, oh. and my wand, my frosting wand. Looks awesome, and I wanted to <laughs> you know be in the same vibe, and so I wanted to go Candyland as well. But I figured the character that I could best embody was Gloppy. Uh, and gloppy. gloppy for folks who uh, who who know the game uh, is I you know clearly supposed to be the remains of a chocolate popsicle <laughs> that has not done well in the sun. But really, uh, let's be honest. At best, he looks like a pile of mud. Uh, could be worse, actually. Uh, you know, but uh, yeah. So I look like uh, the, I you know I've got I, it was balloons and paper mache, and it's just this big pile of. Let's let's say chocolate. Let's hope you, chocolate. You've got a good shine. I think. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Some enamel uh, spray on yeah. to make it shiny. Uh, so yes, I've got <laughs> gloppy going on here. So I've been very excited to talk to you. You've got a couple of books coming out this next year. Is it? Yeah. Gonna be, is it going to have to be four in a year? It's it's two. It's two. Two, in a year. two this year, yeah. and then two to write. Two uh, next year. So yeah. very very busy. So tell everybody <laughs> what you've got coming out soon. Yeah, so the first book I have coming out is Relics of Ruin, which is the second book in my new series, my non-tie-in series, uh, The Books of the Usurper. Um, it, like the first book, Empire of Exiles, is a kind of murder mystery epic fantasy mashup. Um, so it's like you know, a big secondary world, but at the end of the day, what we're doing is trying to solve a murder. Um, and so in the case of Relics of Ruin, uh, in both books, this centers on uh, the Imperial Archives, which is sort of like if the Smithsonian were also a group home for people with mental health problems, uh, because the awesome. all of the archivists that work there, um, many of them are what's called a specialist, which they have a, an affinity for a worked material, which lets them kind of connect to that um, and sort of speak to it. So it's a very specific kind of magic system. 
Um, and then the other people who work there uh, kind of help because this this magic will sort of um, hold them into a state where they don't really know how to talk to people anymore. They only kind of work talk to this material. And I was really trying to like like embody what it feels like to have a panic disorder or an anxiety disorder mm. because that's my life. Um, so that that's kind of what I was aiming for. So once again, we're back in the Imperial Archives, um, and this time in the Chapel of the Skeleton Saints, uh, which is a a collection of of the, the the remains of the saints of these people, the Orizondi, um, when their sorcerers die, uh, their flesh transmutes and they collect the bones and and uh, decorate them. Um, and so they've all been sort of put here. Some of the bones are are replicas because this whole book takes place in a world where a big catastrophe has basically forced the remnants of civilization into this empire of exiles. Uh, so one of the wooden skeletons is discovered to be a, a real skeleton. Mm. And so then they're going, who is this? <laughs> How did yeah. they get here? Uh, who stole this priceless relic uh, from like one of the, the best protected facilities in the world? Uh, so it, it gets very uh, tangly very quickly. So is the victim the skeleton that they find or is the victim the knowledge that they have lost a real precious relic? And that's what <laughs> I'm like, from. you say that like there's only one victim. Ah, okay. okay. <laughs> No, it actually kicks off with the main character um, seeing a uh, a peddler get attacked in the road and he's stabbed and he says, you have to find her, you have to protect her. Um, she And he basically gives kind of like loose directions to his house and then he dies. So they go into the woods, they go into the house and it sort of looks like a little shrine almost and under the floor they find the wooden bones of the saint which yeah. are which are not supposed to which be. are not supposed to be there they I bring see. it back and they're like who is this because we don't have a record of losing anybody yeah um, so then they find somebody dead is in the archives who's not supposed to be there uh and then you have to figure out you know who is that and you know who's who's killed the peddler and many more complications yeah. come up and uh oh yeah, that is, I a, love that a, is a very story. cool premise so, but Thank that's you. just one of the two books. So what's the other? Yes, one? the other one is I got approached to write uh, another tie-in novel. So my background, I mostly uh, am known for Forgotten Realms novels. Uh, that's what I did for most of my career. And so I was approached by a publisher who was doing books for uh, the MMO RuneScape. Uh, so I got to write a RuneScape novel, which is called The Gift of Guthix or Guthix. I have to admit, people have said it both ways. It's the name of a god in the setting. Um, and so it's a it's kind of historical. Uh, it doesn't take place in the current timeline. So I didn't mess up any of your 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 place. Nice, yes, um, it's a, it's about the founding of a kingdom called Asgarnia um, and sort of the the court intrigue. And there's a big a war that affects uh the the uh the great crusade i think it's sometimes called um and so it is basically the story of uh of sort of like the misunderstandings in friendship and and uh when it becomes complicated because you have a group that wants you to behave a certain way and 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 you are opposed to each other um but at the end of the day it's about wizards and a giant frog demigod uh and battles with not vikings um and it's not not based on point break yeah Nice. Excellent. Um, and what was the, did, did you find there were limits in that you're creating a lore novel? Oh yeah. You can't alter the, you know, the, the, the story, but is the time difference enough that it gave you the freedom you needed to do that? You know, yeah, a little bit. Cause well, for one thing, I do like that about writing tie-in that there's, there's sort of 
parameters. You have these yeah. immovable pillars right. you have to tell the story between. And it's just kind of a fun exercise. Um, but then on top of that, they said, there's not a lot written in this part. Nice. You're known for your world building. Can you come in and do some of that? Do some of the sort of the sort of everyday stuff, not the big events, but like, what is the, you know, what what did the culture of the Fremenic look like? How do they worship this god? And and how come, you know, we have things that say their worship looks like this when it shouldn't, it should look like this. Like, how do we explain all these bits? Yeah. And I love doing that part. That part's really fun. There were some things like I, I'm very used to, like I said, I wrote D&D novels. So I'm used to how magic works in D&D. Um, so I come over to write this and I'm writing about wizards and you get into fight things and it's like, oh, my options are basically I send a blast of energy at one of these like one to five level one to five of flavor one to five. And that's about it. So there was one scene where I wrote where I had two wizards outside of a city that's being attacked. I'm like, I need them to get inside the wall. And it took me a couple of days to come up with a solution because I was like, my brain kept going, oh, pass wall. Like, no, they don't have oh, pass wall. There's spells you could do. No. Teleport. No, see, actually, at this time in the history, there is no teleport. Oh. And that's not how it works anyway. All right. And just going through, like, like getting rid of the habit of going back to, you know, the player's hand. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like, yeah. I know oh, yeah, I've got stuff. all these spells to choose from. No, I don't. Yeah. Yeah, that is like, interesting. You got to be creative. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I know, you know, I know that they're currently working on a, I've, I've heard a rumor that they're working mm -hmm. on a, uh, one of these Star Wars prequels, but it's all the way back to oh, the first Jedi. And I wonder if they'll run into that same limit where it's, oh, you know, the, the, you know, we're, we're used to the, the world that we've been presented in the Star Wars universe where they already know how to do all these things, but the first yeah. person does not know that yet. Right. And so, you know, that, that would be an interesting world to play in, you know. Can you imagine getting to write the book where they oh like make gosh. the first lightsaber oh, or yeah. something? That would be yeah. very exciting. Well, like, is it a lightsaber? <laughs> or is it like they started right? off free lightsabers with, you know, sticks? Like what, right? you know, so yeah, You're that would be very- Fighting with your brains. I mean, it seemed it seems natural. I think maybe if I were writing that, I would go. Well, they probably started with swords, and then yeah. the technology. So, are we going to get to see Jedi? Because otherwise, why would they go to lightsabers as the thing, right? right? You know. So maybe we're going to get to see old-fashioned sword fighting, but with the Force, which would be very interesting. So, yeah, that, how, how how would that work? Um, <laughs> and then you've got the show as well. So you've got yeah. oh, going on. So what? Oh, did, yeah. Where are you at show wise? So I right now am DMing a campaign that's a spinoff of our original campaign. So it's sort of Westgate Irregulars colon Fearful Symmetry. Um, we just call it Fearful Symmetry most of the time. Um, the, the impetus was kind of when we wrapped up the original campaign, uh, there was a lot of sort of character story that just there wasn't there had, wasn't wasn't really room for wasn't really picked up. Um, and I had had this kind of bonkers idea um, and and. And set it aside because I was like, I'm never going to be able to do this because I wasn't the DM in the original campaign. That was Eric Scott to be who you've had on before. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I was like, okay, well, never mind. This won't this won't happen because it was something that was very based on the characters and the and the concept was that they are pulled into this world, um, which is a sort of as I phrased it, it's a shadow cast by the prime material. So the greatest lie you tell about yourself creates a different version of you in this world. Mm. Um, and so that's the first thing that they figure out because they meet uh, my character in the original series um, when she was a child was sort of dropped off with her 
uh, father who was a um, of Ramiani, and the Forgotten Realms of Ramiani are the male witches of Rashomon, the the masked witches, um, and they live in this cloistered space, and they make magic items, and they're not allowed to leave, and so she's not supposed to be there. So he basically like says, "You never tell anyone you're a girl. Your name is Ilya, uh, and, and we're just gonna ride this out." Uh, and so Ilya is real in the world beyond the pale door because. Because that's the biggest, like, my character was a big liar. But that's the longest, most sustained lie. Yeah. Um, and there were kind of complicated levels to it. And what I like about it is it creates this space for a character to sort of, so for a player to take their character and go, what is the thing that's in the way of me getting my happily ever after? And since the whole concept of the of the channel is, like, writers playing D&D, everybody has these really, like nuanced characters that 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 really have this opportunity to blossom when you put them in that in that kind of conflict right um you know we had like Rhiannon held you had on before and she's got this character who's very like uh, a little over concerned with what other people think about her so her shadow was perfect she was everything that she was ever told she had to be she managed to fake her way through it um but you know in the process like her her character Artemisia was like I she doesn't seem happy like this isn't what I want actually and I want to do what I feel like and not worry about other people and so she had these great like scenes and also they got to fight demons and stuff so right. it's been a lot of fun we're kind of heading towards the end um so it's on YouTube if you want to catch up yeah. uh but but yeah it's been a really great experience I I never thought I was capable of DMing because like the first time I did it, I tried to run it like it was like a novel everybody was going to go through. And I was like, you need yes. to choose this. Thing. That's that's precisely why I believe right? I cannot DM. I'm like, <laughs> if I were running it, I would be like, no, your character doesn't do that. That doesn't fit my story. The thing I realized from playing as much as I have, because I hadn't I hadn't played a whole lot when I first tried um is like it's it's very much the case of like it's a different form, right? right? So you you just have to sort of like think of setting it up, setting up the obstacle to provoke a question, right? Like, and so what is the answer going to be? And so like at least one of the characters has basically said, okay, that's my lie, but I'm gonna keep telling it because I'm telling it to make my life and my world better. And and it was such it's just such a nice thing that like, you know, you have these 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 spaces where they get to sort of explore and and shift things and it's still kind of all fitting together into a bigger narrative because that's the other fear right that they all go now we don't want to do this we're gonna go be pirates right right <laughs> and you're like i, I didn't I plan you. for that from a, from a you know writer perspective and you're working with this whole group of writers what a great exercise to say what yeah. would a world be like where characters have to become conscious of their flaws like that's the you know the tension <laughs> I mean, when i'm creating con characters i'm like i want to know these characters so well i recognize even the flaws they don't and yeah. then to identify that and then say and now this character is confronted with that what is their thing that they preview, you know, and, and and explore and and all simultaneously? Everybody's having to realize their lie at the same time. Yeah. Um, that so they're like, a, they're kind of going one in sequence, right? Yeah. But the nice thing is that they've all got elements that kind of parallel each other. So like when you see someone else's lie, it forces you to think about like, how does this relate to me too? Yeah. And they've done a lovely job of that sort of shifting of who's, who's the main character for this stretch, but also here's my thing that connects to this stretch and it's, they're wonderful players. Well, and I think there would be this very natural human inclination to go, oh, I've learned what your lie is and I've had to be open and transparent about what my lie is. 
but at least mine's not as bad as yours or, or I'm ashamed <laughs> because mine's worse than yours. And so yeah. how do they, you know, rank it's... their own faults would be interesting, you know? Yes, it that that has come up. And <laughs> just, just so we don't end up talking solely about this game, I'll point people again to Dungeon Scrawlers. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> yes, check that out. But... That, is, that sounds great. So but this is not a show about process. This could easily, I mean, this, this is what writers do, right? Right away, we're like, right. ooh, we're talking about people. <laughs> How could these characters, right? You know, um, but show about procrastination. So what has been pulling you away from all of this work in terms of pop culture lately? <laughs> um, I have been playing this video game. I So for ages, I never put games on my laptop. Um, then... I got COVID and I was stuck in bed and I was like, okay, I'm going to find something I can play. Um, so I downloaded Steam um, and I got this game called Book of Hours uh, by a company called Weather Factory, where you are like a librarian in this creepy abandoned library um, that has like cultish connections. They have another game called Cultist Simulator, which I haven't played, but it, it's very, they're very heavily entangled. So you're, you open these, you get these rooms open and you find books and you open the books and you learn things from them. And it's all like about stacking cards, really. Um, yeah. So it'll be like you, you know, you learn um, the, the, the lesson of the Magaffine mysteries. Right. And so then you have to find like an element of your soul that will boost that to combine it. So you have higher levels so that you can read harder books. Um, so I like, I really like games. Like in in fiction, I like a narrative that sort of isn't on rails. I like going into a book and not knowing what is going on. Um, I love piecing things together and 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 not sort of sp not spotting it. For for video games, I'm a big fan of. I know when I'm right. <laughs> yeah, I know how this mechanic works. Yeah. Right. I am. I will tell you. Like this is a little bit off topic, but. Um, I'm kind of known for going way off topic, but the game <laughs> Obra Dinn, The Return of the Obra Dinn. Have you ever played this? No. Oh my God. Okay. So this is one of those games you can basically play once and then you just have to tell everybody else to play it. So you play as an insurance adjuster in the 1800s and this ship has washed up. It disappeared and then it washed up and everybody's dead. So you climb on the boat and you have this, here's the twist, you have this weird pocket watch that lets you go back in time and see the moment of any corpse's death. And you have to figure out who everybody is, how did they die? Uh, and and it's, it's like a really elaborate logic puzzle yeah. fundamentally. Um, and it gets weird. It gets real weird. Like this was not a not just a storm. Um, and it is the most satisfying game I've ever played. That is what the is kind it? of game. Okay, I so you will have so to much. put a link. You'll have to give me that. I'll have to put a link in the show because this sounds yeah. fascinating. Is it's that so available good. on any system or is oh, it? Oh yeah, Steam uh, I played it on Switch. Uh, okay. It's definitely on Steam. I'm pretty sure it's on it's on Xbox too. And that's all I've got. So, okay. but I think it's on everything. Yeah, The yeah. Return of the Obra Dinn. I want this guy. It was like one guy made it, and I really want him to make a sequel because nothing has <laughs> so much joy is that i love that yeah. game so much <laughs> oh i yeah so on i i you know i'm not as big a gamer as my son he is like uh -huh. when i when i can finally yeah, yeah. share a cool game with him i'm gonna be the coolest dad like i'm always <laughs> following him where he's like okay these are the top 10 games of last year and i'm like yeah. i have time for one of those uh and so yes this sounds how do they, how do they play so. them so fast yeah 
like my one of my son's favorite games is Fire Emblem at Three Houses, and I tried to play this, and it's it's lovely, but oh my god, it takes so long to play, and he's gone through like three playthroughs, and like your screen yeah. time allowance is not this big. What oh, are you doing it's, differently? It's a combination of they go so much faster. Like I'm I'm playing mm -hmm. Baldur's Gate three. I stop and I check every single barrel. Oh, that's true. And yeah. Everything else, I'm looking. And you know, Noah's like, no, I, I beat it in, you know, in in you know, still 30 hours or whatever. And I'm like, uh, plus he can rack up 30 hours. And I'm like, where are you finding these 30 hours? You know, he's a college <laughs> right. student, he's doing well in school. I'm like, are you sure you're doing well in school? He's like, Yeah. And I also managed to find 30 hours to knock out in this game. I'm like, man. Right. Yeah, but you know, they don't have children. So that's true. That is true. <laughs> that's I think the the big difference is all the responsibilities there too. Um so <laughs> so uh what uh what has been pulling you away from your work in terms of news lately? Oh, okay. So the the news rabbit hole that I keep falling down. So I mentioned I had covid. Um which is sucks. I I yeah. seem to be I am like fully vaxxed as soon as it's available and in my house i'm the one that keeps getting sick oh. uh and i'm so mad about it um so i i have been having sort of uh, long-term symptoms like off this one my so partner I've been having some... had some it yeah. lasted for a while i am really hoping that i am fortunate enough to have the kind of you have long covid for a couple of weeks because it, it is did, getting a little it, bit it better end for her so yeah. that is the good news it's not like this is for the rest of your life you know right that because because it's very scary right it is um so i i i am i am not good at resting i'm i'm trying i'm getting better i'm getting better at resting because it's very necessary um but i also find myself kind of looking at at different research and and different sort of suggested like you know, that might be helpful to try this vitamin or this medication, or, you know, there's this study, um, partly just because I like reminding myself that this is something people are working on. Right. Um, right. And partly, you know, <laughs> it turns out that, you know, like, for example, there's a lot of evidence that says for certain, you know, clusters of symptoms, taking a daily antihistamine is helpful. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah. Know. Which I'm already like so allergic to dust that I just don't go I don't go where the house isn't clean. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's it's probably better for me to take a Zyrtec every day anyway. But, yeah. <laughs> but that's interesting. Antihistamine, right? that's not what I would have thought of. Like, yeah. I know that there, there, there's some speculation that it has to do with constriction of blood vessels. Mm -hmm. And so I expect there will be debates about, you know, do you do blood thinners? Do you not do yeah. blood thinners? You know, but I never would have thought of antihistamine. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I saw something that referenced like a, a pair of women who are healthcare workers who noticed, who, who were taking it regularly for allergy reasons and noticed that their symptoms went away. Oh. Um, and so, yeah, you see a lot of people uh, combining like a, like a kind of nasal allergy and like Pepsid because it's an antihistamine too. Yeah. Um, so so we'll see. That's, and I then, have, you know, as far other as stuff. I know, I've managed to avoid it so far. Same thing. They come out with a vaccine. I'm zipping in, but my partner's had it. My son's had it. And he oh. had unsymptomatic COVID twice. Wow. The only reason he even knew he had it was, you know, oh, you should get tested because you've been in yeah. this place with this, you know, and he had unsymptomatic COVID, but then he did have long COVID symptoms after. Oh, wow. Oh, that's, scared, that's frustrating. Right? Well, and that's but one of those I, well, things good that he knew, I don't though. think people need to, like, people need to think about, you might not feel like you've had COVID. You could still end up with long COVID symptoms. So right? get your shots, people. Get Wear your, your mask. Shots. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, yeah, that's that. Well, I'm glad. So is are are you already feeling that some of those long uh, <laughs> are going I away? I think so. The yeah. other thing, which is sort of um, uh, adjacent, is one of the people on the Dungeon Scrollers Discord um, is actually a uh, he. He was a psychology researcher, um, and he's writing a book about burnout. Um, and he specifically had a chapter that was about kind of like fatigue. So I got to read his chapter, um, Dr. Ben Cyril, and he uh, it had really good advice, right? So I was talking about things like radical rest. And so you do something and then you need to go lay down for 10 minutes. Sure. Um, so I, I've, I, I have, I mentioned at the beginning that like I have an anxiety disorder. So yeah. my, most of my life I've been told you should meditate. And I'm like, I really don't like doing this. But I have learned to like it. I've learned to do it because it's the thing I can do that makes me like close my eyes and not try and like fiddle with a problem for right. 10 minutes. Well, I was thinking about and you were talking about reading the research and, you know, there's that balance of like, this helps me calm down because I know that people oh, yeah. are do working on this. And also, to what extent is this increasing my anxiety? <laughs> like that, you right? know, as somebody that's who deals a, with anxiety myself, like, uh, is a when I say balance. deal with anxiety, not always well. And so, <laughs> like, you know. Right? Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, that is uh, that, you know, the, reading the research can be great when you get the answers you want. But if it's real mm -hmm. research, you might not always. Right. Especially <laughs> so. when it's one where it's like you're reading along and then it's like bomb. You're yeah. like, oh, I was not ready for that one. Yep. Yep. Oh, yeah, that's. Uh, um, so what about hobbies when you're not when you're not writing and you're <laughs> not down with COVID? What uh, what has been right. keeping you away from your work lately? Man, I, this is, I was, when I was thinking about, you know, what I would talk about of this show, this was when I was like, I work and I watch my kids and I like do house stuff. I'm like, do I have hobbies? Um, but aside from the video games, uh, the other thing that I've been doing lately, because also, you know, I found that it's gotten a lot better, but staring at a screen really like, I mean, it gives me that sort of fatigue uh, headache like I can't anymore um and so I really got to save that for like the writing time right. so I have picked up embroidery again oh. um because the other thing I love I, I I read I love reading obviously um and I really love audiobooks because then I can do uh, the aforementioned house and children things if it's not a thing I have to listen right right but just have to be present I can listen to an audiobook at the same time um, but I, I, I am, like I said, I'm bad at resting. I'm bad at slowing yep. down. And so yeah. a fidget, right. So I, like, I can't listen to an audiobook and not do something else uh -huh. unless the, unless the other thing I'm doing is trying to fall asleep. Mm. So it's like, okay, I just want to wind down. Normally I'll listen to an audiobook and do like a little color app or something, yeah. but I'm not doing, I'm off screen. So I've picked up embroidery because if, especially if it's like fairly simple stitches, um, you know, it's something where I don't have to sort of think as hard about it um, and I can just kind of go. But it's something for my hands to do yeah. because otherwise. So big projects or small stuff? Or little. I'm working on this little this little kit that I bought that's like kind of stylized waves with ah. different patterns on them. And I'm going to stitch, uh, what's the saying, a smooth sea never made a skilled sailor uh, mm. on top of it. So it's, you know, it's, it's, it's well on its way to being done, which is always the thing with picking up new projects. You're my, like, this that's a great one. My dad does cross stitch and, you know, started off yeah. with little stuff and then moved on to, I mean, huge, elaborate, fantastic pieces that are these pieces of that. art that now, you know, like yeah. they decorate their home with these, you know, they'll end up going, the theme for this room is all going to be around this piece that my dad oh, nice. 
nice. it's really cool yeah and so i should look into that too because i am a huge audiobook fan and yeah. you know finding something else to do that is that right balance of it it keeps me occupied but it doesn't take me away from the book because i do want to hear the book and so you know yard work and gardening are great in the right season laundry um, dishes but, yes but exactly they get, done. they get done right yeah but something <laughs> something like that would be really good for me i should see if i've got those skills i don't know that's uh, I went through a painting phase. I could paint while I do it. That yeah. that worked, but puzzles, puzzles are good. Yes, puzzles are good. <laughs> um, so part of the uh, point of the show is I want to help readers get to know you as a person, so that when yeah. you're they're reading your work, they're going, "Oh yeah, I know her. It was you know it was cool to get to hang out with Aaron M. Evans on this show. I'm going to check out her books." So one of these Rorschach kind of things is the way we create characters in D and D. So if you yourself were the character, not, you know, not the character you choose to play who might be very different from you, but oh, yeah. <laughs> if you were a D&D character, who would be your race? What would be your race in class? So I feel like there's an answer that I, I, I go to first because of, because of the kind of thing I write, which is actually not what I think most people will guess. The first thing I thought of was a dragonborn cleric. Um, my Brimstone Angels saga is about a tiefling warlock, but she is culturally dragonborn because she's been adopted by a dragonborn. Um, and so the last couple books are about the dragonborn kingdom in Forgotten Realms and how they basically get a god because they are um, as atheistic as you can be in the Forgotten Realms where gods literally come down and say, yo, what's up? Yeah, uh, they're just like, no, that's a big monster that's asking you to make a deal you can't get out of hard pass. Um, but there's this, there comes, this God comes in and is basically like, you guys are in a lot of trouble and I want to help you. And so this one character has to kind of become his cleric and broker this deal. So the God is sort of like a mercenary that they yeah. do a thing with. Um, and, and one of my favorite characters I've ever played was a dragonborn cleric. Um, but she was like 14 and, and did not do clericking like anybody expected <laughs> at one point, somebody, somebody, accused her of proselytizing and she was like um no you can't have him he's our god you're not allowed <laughs> um, the worst kind of evangelical right just absolutely <laughs> not interested in that i did not take proficiency in religion for her um so that's like like my heart goes there but i think that if it's me like real talk the the thing i love the most in DD, my power fantasy in DD, is um everybody has to listen to me <laughs> <laughs> I always always end up making a high charisma character um that's that's like the thing I want the most so I feel like that's either like bard or warlock um and then I you know man I want to part of me's like well I of course I pick a human but you know let's 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 go a little fun I'll be a half elf bard I think that would be and and what does so I like half elf what does uh, that reveal about you as a person Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, my ears are slightly pointed. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think there's a, the, so half elves are interesting because it depends a lot on the setting, how they get handled, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, it is the case that I, I like, I'm sure a lot of people, um, I often feel like I, when I'm talking, I am 15% off of of the normal expected, right? That frequently I I go into like like one of the silly examples is it's very popular now to sort of frame your books with what tropes are in them, and I have no ability to understand mm. tropes. 
like I do them sometimes by accident, but I also know like Brimstone Angels has a TV tropes page and it is full of this trope. Well, but not really, right? Yeah. It's like, it's all just a little off. So, okay, half elf is uh, just a little off a of human. Yeah. Uh, but not not so like it completely encompassed by a different vibe. Like I would feel like I was lying if I said I was a tiefling because there's definitely something more to tieflingness than that. So I think yeah. that I'm just a little weird. Okay, so you're- but It doesn't half... necessarily show yeah. on the surface. So you're a half elf bard- or yeah. a half-elf wizard, and you are attacked by three level one goblins walking through the woods. What do you yeah. do? <laughs> Fats, talk them. I love a charisma check. I will try to persuade or or uh, um, uh, deceive or intimidate anything I can, because that is the thing I get the most joy out of. Yes. So I would tell those goblins that they get, they attack me and I would uh, tell them that, you know, I, I would, I would try and spin it. Right. I, I would uh, tell them that like, you know, oh, they're in the wrong spot. There's a, there's a better guy to attack down the road. Like, and actually now you owe me a fee because, because I told you where the better spot was and just hopefully talk circles around them. Yeah. Um, which is an interesting thing because different DMs handle that differently. And I'm so here for it. Like some of them are like, okay, weirdo, sure. You rolled really high. <laughs> I'm giving you um, money. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I love that. Oh, that is great. Okay, well, we're going to go to our break. And when we come back, I'm going to ask you what you've been daydreaming about lately. Special announcement time. Not a Pipe Publishing has always been committed to helping authors and readers find one another. Well, the show, which is all about helping readers get to know writers, just hit a milestone. 10,000 views on YouTube. So to celebrate, instead of charging authors to advertise their books on the show, I'm going to run your ads for free throughout 2024. If you want to make a 30 to 60 second video about your book, let folks know what it's about and where to find it. And don't forget your name and the title. Uh, I'll run one or two of those in our ad spot each week. Just send an MP4 file to the Pipe email address in the show notes. Let's fix up some readers and authors into reader relationships. 2024. More readers, more writers, more books. Hi, my name is Marcella Stepper Darte, and my debut novel, The Hand of Fate by Marcella Stepper Darte, is an epic fantasy. The main character, Mira, is a foster kid who takes care of younger children, and soon she realizes she has to tap into powers she never knew she had so she can protect those she loves. This is loosely based on Norse mythology and started out with me asking the question, what if? The Hand of Fate is book one of a trilogy. Book two will be The Hand of Ice and book three, The Hand of Fire. Please go to my website, MarcellaStepperDarte.com to follow the links to Amazon so you can order your copy of The Hand of Fate by Marcella Stepper Darte. Welcome back. I'm here with Aaron M. Evans. And Aaron, what have you been daydreaming about lately? So I was thinking, like, what do I fit in here? And the thing that I, I think the thing I come back to that's kind of interesting, at least, that isn't just like, you know, oh, my book does really well, right, right. Um, is gene therapy. Um, so my son, that. my younger son has a, a monogenetic disorder called STX-BP1 encephalopathy. So uh, just as a quick rundown, 
Uh, STXBP1 is a gene that creates something called syntaxin binding protein. Um, syntaxin is a neurotransmitter that basically makes the synapses of your neurons close so that they can pass messages. Um, and so if you have a, a mistake in this gene, uh, you might not produce syntaxin binding protein, which means there's nothing to grab that syntaxin. Or you might make, I, I've always described it as like a polar, for my son, the way this works is you take that gene, you look at one nucleotide, and in that one place, instead of having a G, he has an A. That's it. Yeah, it's That's that it. small. It's right. It's a molecule. Right. Yeah. It's 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 just tiny. And because of that, the 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 grabber claw of of his syntaxin binding protein isn't polarized properly, so it's kind of floppy. Um, and so he has what's called a missense mutation, which means so he makes some amount of syntaxin binding protein. Um, but, you know, for other kids who have a nonsense and they make none, um, this disorder has a huge range of expressions. So we went to a uh, family conference this summer and I met kiddos who I met kids and adults, right, who have uh, ha have to get around using a wheelchair, who have to be fed through tubes. Um, there's a lot of, uh, difficulty in getting verbal skills. So my son's eight, uh, he says, yeah, pretty readily now. And that's exciting. Yeah. Right. He, right. he's, he's got, it's, it's frustrating to, for him because he's got a lot of receptive language. He understands what people are saying to him, but he can't produce it because he yeah. can't send the signal to his mouth to make the shape. Right? right. Um, and we found, you know, the more he practices something, the, the easier it is to make that connection. But, you know, it, it's it's a lot of work. It's a lot of trouble. Oh gosh, and yeah. one thing that it was really, really heartening going to this this conference was just the state of research into gene therapies. Yeah. Um, you know, lots of different things. You hear about CRISPR, you hear um, AAV therapy, which is sort of sending in a virus and seeing that, you know, there are, for some of these, they're in mouse studies and they're say, taking adult mice and taking restoring full function. Um, it's an epilepsy. So that's the main symptom everybody has. Uh, and it's, it can be really hard for some kid to treat. Yeah. Like some, some... As well. I know. Oh yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm sure too, that you've gone through like the, the medication stuff is really tricky oh, because it's, it's yeah. gotta like hit, hit just right. Um, you know, we, we talked to someone who had just had a, like a vagal nerve stimulator put in to her son because he would have drop seizures. Yep. Um, and so it's, it's something where, you know, we're really fortunate that my son's responsive to, uh, just Kepra, right. Um, and, and that it doesn't make him furiously angry because that's I one of the fun. I have a friend who's epileptic and just got yeah. off Kepra because it was doing that very same thing. Right. Like, it's I like, don't know it... why, but I am enraged all the time. I have to, <laughs> they like, warned us. Yeah. They were like, just beware. Right. Especially cause he's, he has such trouble communicating. So like, there's all this, this research and there's all this for, you know, uh, progress. And, and I think it's less common now, but I know there was a time, especially when my son was first diagnosed and people would talk about gene therapy and they'd all go, Oh, Gattaca, we can't have that. And, and it's, to me, it's really, it, it's, I find it very fortunate to see there are a lot of researchers who are, you know, that it's not the discourse on, on social media. Um, and that there is this understanding of like ethics is important, Right. But that answer isn't just take it away yeah. um, because this is the people. These are the people it's, it helps. It's like, you know, it's it's one tiny error. It's one little it's it is shocking to think about how many things have to go perfectly right to have a human being anyway. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, and so, yeah. So like it's 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 just really cool. 
um, to, to think about, you know, we're, we live in a place and a time where that's possible. And like, you know, my son's disorder wasn't even di- identified until like 2007. Yeah. Um, and it's one of the, you know, for, for epilepsy is a genetic origin. It's a rather common one, even though it is still a really rare disease. Um, and so it's, it's a really interesting one. And, and I'm just, I think it's really, it's a really cool, cool, uh, area of study. And, um, I'm looking forward to what they find next. Oh yeah. Well, and I think, I mean, my impression and you've done better than I would is that the, the real challenge they're working on is, you know, now we can identify what that mm-hmm. G to A is, right? Yeah. But how can we, what's the delivery mechanism? How right. can we get the virus into every cell to fix it? Like to yeah. make that, you know, little change. And, and for, for, for STXBP1 it, it, uh, mutations, like the important cells are in your brain, which means you have right. to get something through that blood brain barrier. Right. Um, so you have to figure out how the proteins fold. And then there's also this factor of for certain kinds of therapy, like it's going to be a virus. It's going to put a load on your immune system. How mm-hmm. much can you reasonably give someone before you're causing more problems? Well, um, and, and again, I could be wrong here, but this is my understanding is brain cells are not continuously being created. So in, in you know, with some other kind of therapy, you could yeah. go, okay, well, we can't fix this cell, but we can fix the, you know, the, the, mm-hmm. the progeny of that cell. Yeah. But with brain cells, I can imagine that being, it's gotta be a different delivery. I feel like I read something that, that they found that isn't the case, but maybe okay. it's something, I'm not sure though. That's cause I, I have heard that, but then I also have this feeling that I read something that where they're like, actually, oh my God, you keep making them. Okay. Um, but, so, but yeah, and, I mean, so, it's you know, challenging. Does, you know, and, and the structure of the brain is so intensely complex too, that mm-hmm. if you were only changing the new ones, does the, do the previous ones that retain that yeah. characteristic still cause? So yeah, it's, it is, it's a very exciting time to be learning. How is this going to be uh, dealt with? But uh, it also has to be incredibly frustrating to know we're making these <laughs> incredible leaps, yeah. you know, it, you know, and yet it's got to feel too slow. Right. Right. Exactly. Like when he got diagnosed, they said, real talk, you know, we are maybe like 10 years from a cure for this, um, which is like amazing on the right. one hand right. for something that people, you know, to even 10 years earlier, you just be like, something's wrong with your child and we don't know what. But at the same time. Right. right. And and but, but you know, you, you it's the kind of thing when, when you have a kid with with a diagnosis like that, you kind of do every day as it comes, you know, I feel like for him, you know, it's, it's what's the next thing we're going to work on. And he's still building skills, which is great. Um, He's adorable and sweet and very kind and (laughs) And, and an amazing sleeper. Can I just, I just want to call that one out. My first one did not sleep. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I can imagine that first consistent. Yeah was uh pretty it, life-changing for everyone yes. in the family yeah he it and he's when he does it he's so pleased with himself yeah he's like, oh, oh. yeah he's great oh that's great um yeah well that that is exciting and now now that i know about that condition i'll be keeping an eye out too like hey i know somebody <laughs> who's you know waiting on this to get uh you know that that big breakthrough news announcement that will be very cool that'd be very exciting um so uh, where uh, what's one thing that you want listeners to know about that's happening career wise, you know, in the uh, you know, in the immediate future? Uh, well, I talked about uh, my books. I do want you to know about my books. Yes. Um, They'll the be in the show thing... notes for people right yes. now. As you're listening, go down to the show notes. On <laughs> app you're on. Click on the link. Get them immediately. 
and like I love I I I love this. I love getting to write my own stuff and just be as absolutely full weird as I like I I that I loved writing Forgotten Realms, but there is a constraint there, right? Someone else right. has built most of the world. So you're kind of like growing things in all the right. cracks. And that, this one is just like, would you like to see what happens when I told them the faucet on full? Yeah. And then they tell me to turn it back a little bit because that's too much information, um, <laughs> but it'll it'll keep coming. So anyway, so yes, books. Um, the other thing I thought of is we were doing this thing on uh, the Discord for Dungeon Scrawlers, um, which I give you a link to yeah. too because it's so you know we welcome anybody who who can come and be chill um but we started doing this really fun thing uh powerpoint party um so this is a thing i had heard of people doing like you know you get to a point in your life and most of us stop having to make powerpoints right uh, <laughs> but, i had to make but, one today i am not at that point you're not my that. job requires right. it yeah that's right there are some jobs where it's necessary yes. but but we were but but so you just make a PowerPoint about something fun, right? The kind of assignment that kids sometimes get that is sort of like learn to use PowerPoint, yeah. tell me about a thing. Um, and so, you know, we were kind of joking about it and then we decided to do it. So we had our first one um, and we had, let's see, we had a presentation about um, cholera and Dr. Jon Snow and the blah, blah, street pump. I can't remember the name. That was very interesting. Um, we had a presentation that was about uh, how Godzilla's costume design reflects the Japanese relationship with the American military. Um, we had one. The guy I mentioned before who's writing the burnout book uh, wrote a book, wrote, did a presentation about sort of the difference between um, an obstacle and a, a, and a hindrance and, mm. uh, oh, I forgot the other thing, in both fiction and in life, like, like or gaming. Um, and then I did one. <laughs> I read this book that I love so much, uh, which was called uh, Persians by uh, Lloyd Llewellyn Smith. And uh, it's just it's 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 a really easy, easily digestible and very information filled um, uh, book about uh, the Achaemenid dynasty. So I did a presentation that was royal women of the Achaemenid dynasty ranked by how afraid I would be to wreck their coffee order. Um, yes. <laughs> so awesome. it was like it was so much fun so we're gonna do another one um the date is not yet uh determined but uh we're we're getting signups for um for for wow. new presentations i'm trying to find if i want to do one i i, I kind of want to watch one yeah month but uh that's very cool that <laughs> I, that sounds great and so when people are doing these are they you know doing a a, a like an oral presentation because it's discord yeah. So, yeah, so we we use the there's like a a video chat yeah. area, like a voice chat area, um, and you can screen share. So we screen share. You go through the slides and you sort of describe. You talk about what you're showing, right? So it's not just like read the slide, everybody. Yeah. Um, but it it's really fun, and you know, there's so many people uh, uh in in our group, in our Discord, in our in our group, um, here that that have really interesting backgrounds and really interesting. Yeah. Uh, point you know special interests and so I highly anticipate this will be uh, uh, a very active and entertaining feature. <laughs> yeah, that is very cool. Um, yeah, I'm I am going that. I mean, I would eat that up. Like that's the kind of hey, here's an expert just willing to share something they find fascinating. Like I yeah. love that. Uh, so yeah, that that there was a podcast that I that I will not name because I did not enjoy it and I'm not going to badmouth them, but they, they, they kind of promoted it on those grounds. Like, Hey, this yeah. is just going to be a show about really fascinating experts. And then it ended up being 
you know, two minutes of genuinely really interesting information and then a lot of just joking around that wasn't particularly funny. And I was really disappointed. I was like, no, I want that other yeah. podcast that I was envisioning when it's exactly <laughs> what you're describing. Just here's a cool, interesting presentation about something you didn't know about. Like I would be all over that. So, um, so another thing we do on the show is have a weekly poll. And sometimes I even remember to post them. Sometimes I don't. <laughs> Uh, so it, what would be your kind of question for the world? Um, so I, I I had a question and I actually think I would rather change what I suggested <laughs> sure. because it was so contentious. And I will just say that, that it was um, it, it came out on the discord that there is a division between the UK and the US about whether a frown involves your mouth yes i and, thought this was a great one uh, i think that's maybe we should keep it i've just noticed that when i ask people this they get very angry oh, see my immediate reaction this is so funny the first time I, I i heard about this my first reaction was well i need to frown now to try and figure it out and so you're like feeling your own face muscles right? going well do i it is mostly in my forehead now that i think about right. it but you know I, that it's well, an interesting question right because i feel like but this also led into like, well, what's a scowl then? And what's a, what's right? a glower? And it's like, well, a scowl is like a, 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 a frown that's more eyebrow. This was basically what we came down to is that fundamentally it hinges on who do you think the main actor is? Is it the mouth or the eyebrows? Mm. Um, but what I find really funny is people who say a frown is in your eyebrows. Um, when you, when you say, but, but what about like your mouth or something? They're like, I don't do this. Right. Like, yes, that's nobody right. actually said nobody weird clown mouth. Right. Um, right. Like, but you but you know, when you actually it's hard to frown because I'm laughing so hard. Um, like when you actually frown, like your mouth is doing something. Purse your lips, yeah. You can right. You purse your lips and like, you know, I have definitely been so sad that like, you know, oh, it drags yeah. down, right? Uh, that we all felt is more that. Sob. Like a that's a sob mouth, like uh, you know, whereas I'm thinking like I wonder if the distinction between, for me, maybe, maybe this is just me, is uh, between a frown and a scowl is not so much what my face is doing, which might be identical. It's the direction. Yeah, uh, directionality. Uh, you know, a frown is like, I am confused. This is going inwards. Yeah. Ah. And then a scowl is outwards. And it probably is, now that I feel the muscles, the exact same expression. But a scowl <laughs> is directed at you and a frown is directed at me. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I... It is. It was a question I found surprising because I had never heard. I I was I, I was raised in a mouth frowning household. Uh, I'd never heard this concept that that the frown is in in the eyebrows. And yeah. then no, you know, I, people... I had until I until I came across right. the question, I had never thought about <laughs> it. I was like, oh, frown. That is, and I think even in my own writing, like I I right? presumed, oh, people frown with their mouths. And once I thought about it, I was like, no, my even my characters are not. That is not what they're actually doing. They are frowning with their eyebrows. So yeah, that's well, like, uh, it, it's it's interesting. I, I just find it really really interesting because because it it also evokes a very passionate response in people. Like yeah, which which is also interesting. Why like we're touching right? on something deeply like, held. This is this is like <laughs> a fundamental thing that you are breaking. Stop it. Don't don't you dare take my my mouth frown away from me right. and move it to my eyebrows. Shame on you. <laughs> <laughs> that is interesting um so uh what has because been in what you know as an in an effort to not make this show homework for anybody i don't ask about what you have been reading i ask right. about what you're looking forward to reading so what's a book that's on your tbr pile that you're looking for oh so um 
one the one that pops into my mind is uh wolf paul by hillary mintel um this is a book i did start as an audiobook but i found i really wanted to like linger on mm. the writing and so i bought a copy because i just like i couldn't i did i just felt like i was missing out yeah um by listening to it but I, it's there's something about like i have i have this 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 uh project going with my older son where this summer we made like my library does a like a a bingo well this was the seattle library we're in the suburbs but they did like a bingo board so read a book with a song read a book by oh, clever author of color right it's not but this particular book it's no it's yeah category, and then you try and that's cool but but when i was growing up and you had summer reading programs it was like do five books get a pencil right do five books and they don't do that anymore it's like do all of it and get it entered into a drawing for a gift card and i was like I don't like this. Yeah. Uh, so here's what we're going to do. So uh, we got, he got the bingo board. I also got the adult bingo board and I wrote down 25 books from my TBR list. Um, and so if we get a, both get a bingo, there's like a list of things that we can go do together. Yeah. Um, like well, there's great. a cat cafe, the next town over, we can go to the cat cafe. Um, and so I have, uh, I have to catch up. So I have books that are sort of like a little bit obligation to read, yeah, yeah. which yeah. like, you know, it's one Can of those a single things. book count for two or do you have to go, okay, no. no, I cannot have, you know, I can't read Octavia Butler and go, I've read a book by so, a woman. Right. Color, he, but... he, he's got that version. I just wrote books that I have on my yeah. list. Right. Cause it's just like, I had too many books to read to say, I'm also going to add another 25. Yeah. Um, and so of course I went through and I read the ones I was most excited about in the beginning. Um, and then now it's getting into stuff where I'm like excited, but I also know it's going to be work. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm like halfway through this book, uh, it's a nonfiction book, uh, called talking to Virgil by TP Wiseman. And it's this classicist just like wrote these essays cause he wanted to, and he's a very delightful writer, um, but at the same time, like reading academic stuff takes yeah. a lot more brain than reading like, um, you know, the, uh, what it was one of the ones I read early was the, uh, the late Mrs. Willoughby, which is like Jane Austen murder mystery yeah, <laughs> from Claudia Gray, yeah. right? Totally different, right? Um, so, so I'm down, I'm getting down to the stuff that's like researchy books yeah um, well, that I, I want to read I've done that same thing that you've done where i i get the audiobook and then i go no i need to purchase this on paper yeah. <laughs> for me it's because this is one i need to highlight in <laughs> you oh, yes. know like so oh, yes. that i can understand what it is so that i can be more actively reading and so and it, the first few times i did that i was like oh i've made a terrible poor financial decision and then i was like you know what i'm a writer supporting a writer by buying their book twice i don't feel bad about that yeah. at all <laughs> good yeah. you know they, they they made two sales with me good they deserve it you know uh but uh yeah that's yeah there there are a handful of those books where i i had to go i i need to hold this in my hands <laughs> i need to highlight in this book um so i want to add a new segment to our show i am recognizing that the algorithm especially on youtube is designed around outrage and there's this inclination, there's this temptation, uh, I think, for those of us who need to promote ourselves, who need to say to people, you know, get my book, to, to you know, to lean into that and go, okay, I'm going to say this just 
awful thing to the point where like I'll, I'll hear people and I'll go, does this person actually believe this awful thing or are they just saying it for attention? <laughs> and, uh, you know, and I, I'm honestly not sure sometimes. I'm like, did this person really just say that they hold this belief? Oh, no, maybe they're, you know, wanting a Fox News show. Like, and and so, you know, that that kind of tension. And so instead, we're going to we're going to just play with that and say, what is our our absolute hot take within the outrage machine that is going to get us a ton of attention. So what is your opinion that you're going to go out there on a limb, put this on video? I mean, people will know yeah. you said this thing and then they're going to go, oh my gosh, half of us love you and half of us hate you and we all have to buy your book. So what is the, <laughs> what is your thing that's going to generate all that outrage? If you don't offer biscuits as a bread option, you should not be calling yourself a breakfast place. Yeah, that it is it is absurd to me that it is so hard to find biscuits in Seattle. You have to go to like there's I know of two places that have biscuits that are good. And one of them is like, that's all they do. It's a stand up place. There's a huge line. And that's what everybody says to me. Oh, you should go to Biscuit Bitch. I'm like, yes, they're great. However, I should be able to just order my my scrambled eggs and bacon and be asked, do I want a biscuit with that? Yeah. Yeah, I, so McDonald's did this ad campaign. I don't know if this is still even a thing that exists, but mm -hmm. for a period, they were like, we're going to be the breakfast all day place. And the only thing I like at McDonald's, otherwise I will avoid McDonald's like the plague. I'm like, this is a place that is just, you know, but I love their uh, egg, uh, not the, the, the biscuit, uh, bacon, egg and cheese biscuit. Mm -hmm. And during this time, they were like, oh yeah, we got breakfast all day. But half the locations will have the biscuits all day, and the other half will have the McGriddle oh, all no. day. Which means you're getting egg and bacon on a sweet waffle concoction that, <laughs> that is, you know, yeah, that is the... And, and, and you don't know before like, you go. And you don't know. You show up at a McDonald's and they're like, sorry, it's after 10 o'clock and all we have is McGriddles. And I'm like, then you do not have breakfast. Because I totally agree with you. If there are no biscuits... <laughs> It is no longer breakfast all day. It right? is ceased to be breakfast all day. You have no biscuits. Yes, I completely agree. Yes, this, Travis. Yes, let's let's. We have now said that thing that is on the record. If people disagree with us, they should buy our there, books. You know what? People people are allowed to be mad. Yeah, yep, be mad. Buy my book and burn it if you want. <laughs> Still bought it. I completely agree. Okay, uh, <laughs> so um, you, where uh, what are where can folks find you online so they can you know be outraged and go buy your books. <laughs> Um, so I am on Blue Sky and normally on Twitter uh, at Aaron M. Evans. Um, that is also my website, AaronMEvans.com. Um, I am uh, the Discord that we've mentioned several times. I am active on that. Um, those are all good places places to find me. I have a Facebook page um, for my author stuff, which I use sometimes, but uh, I find it is very demanding that I do ads and things so i tend yeah. to ignore it yeah well, i also have an instagram but i have to say i'm really bad that one's all the irony's um i have to admit i am so bad at taking photos i well, i i set out this year to like take a photo every year whether it was good or bad um and then i had a covid post-covid crash yeah. so i didn't finish doing that um i'm trying to figure out how to use instagram guys i'll take all tips well and this is i mean i went to a great session at a writing conference and one of the big mm -hmm. things was like don't try and do all the their distinct skill sets for each one yeah. of these uh you know platforms and 
don't try and do them all. You will drive yourself insane. Not, you oh, yeah. know, I, some people can do a TikTok video. I look ridiculous. Like that is not to ever be my TikToks. thing. Yeah. And then, you <laughs> know, some people are Whatever that means, I'm just going to go with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, <laughs> good, you know, good for you for knowing your strengths. You do not have to be a photographer and an author and a podcaster. And, you know, like you, you've got enough. <laughs> I got going. <laughs> um, so who else is oh. somebody you would recommend having as a guest on the show? Wait, I did forget one other oh, thing. One I do another show um, on twitch.tv slash Dungeon Scrawlers, um, which is called Concentration Check. Um, and it is basically a co-writing show. So every Monday at 1.30 p.m. Pacific, uh, I uh, do Concentration Check and we do Pomodoro Sprints. So how do you, uh, how, how, what, is that, what does that look like for the viewer? They watch me write. And but <laughs> someone else. And they uh, see your writing? So they don't. They just or watch me make it, it. It's just me typing. It's like this. Except also I make faces sometimes. I'll be like. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. It's 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 funny because it was a thing. It, it was a very simple suggestion um, when we were talking about what kind of shows to add to our, to our schedule. Um, because one of the limitations is like, you know, if you are a, uh, you know, a full-time writer, right? right? You've got books to write. And so adding more shows, more like right. D&D shows, right? This is another thing you have to make. Um, and so this was like, I could write and do a show at the same time. Um, so, you know, we'll talk about, you know, we'll, we'll usually, because Pomodoro Sprints is 25 minutes of working, yeah. five minutes of break. And then after you do four rounds, you do a long break. And so we'll come up with a topic about creativity or writing or, you know, sometimes some silly thing that that people are interested in and sort of chat. Um, I do have a, a co co-host sort of um, Yang Yang Wang, who's one of the Dungeon oh, Scholars yeah. folks, and he's a and he does he he's sort of running the tech, um, and so he talks but he won't turn his camera on. Ah. Uh, I keep giving trouble giving him trouble about it, but he won't. Um, and then we've had, had I've had a guest on one now and again, but uh, it's one of those things where. You know, we get so into the rhythm of it that yeah. I, I forget that I can keep doing that. So, it, it, you know, what is your, <laughs> what, what is it, uh, you know, I don't want to like ask too, too invasive a question, but I mean, I is there an audience like our folks? Yeah. Yeah. We usually get like about, I mean, it's not huge. It's like 20 people. That's um, awesome. And then, and then the thing that surprised me to realize is that people will watch the VODs um, <laughs> later. Right. Right. Yeah. Cause there is something there's like, it's like that body doubling thing. It's like, yeah. I'm not the only one doing this. Yeah. Right. And so maybe it's not about the chatting. It's about making that space carved out and feeling like, you know, someone, you know, is there with you because I find that too. Like sometimes it is very helpful to co-work because there's, it, there's this feeling of like, you know, like we're both doing the same thing and I don't want to stop doing that because I've agreed here. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if it's quite got that feeling for people, but I, I'm glad it's, it, it's I can totally imagine that. that. We do use. a fundraiser each year for the Alzheimer's Association where we write from dusk till dawn. We actually do it twice. We do it on the shortest day of the year. We do it the longest day of the year. And it, we'll just have everybody who agrees to be on the team will be in the Zoom room. So you yeah. literally just have... A, you know the faces of people who are typing 
as you are trying to do this thing, which on the longest day of the year is a slog, like that is hard yeah. to write from dawn till dusk. Um, but it ends up being really productive. And then we raise money for, you know, everybody's working on That's their own. Awesome. But we raise money for the Alzheimer's Association. Yeah. But I have thought about doing a thing. So I've got this funky, you know, keyboard that looks oh, like nice. an old school typewriter. And yeah. I thought about setting up the camera just of the keyboard on my fingers. <laughs> And then doing that basically kind of an fun. ASMR video, like, hey, yeah. do you like the sound of a weird keyboard. <laughs> I bet you'd get people. I bet you'd get people watching people it. Might you know? I yeah. don't know. I don't know that I, I. Again, like you said, it's the con. Like, would I do it regularly enough that it would be of any value? But I could do it as a YouTube show and just you know archive them. Yeah. Hey, you want another episode of me just typing? There's no. We're now up to episode four. Like. <laughs> Um, yeah, that would be, but that, that is very cool. So it's just folks watching you do those. That's mm -hmm. genius. That's brilliant. Yeah. We do like, I, I, I may at one point, you know, we'll do things on the breaks, like talk about what people are working on. I used to give them scavenger hunts to, so they'd get up out of their chair, but I kind of just realized we're all grown ups. get out of your chair. If you want to get out of your chair. Right. <laughs> and it was hard to think of and then it's like they don't have a way to show me what they found or anything. Right. Um, so then, and then we do hand stretches is the other thing. Yeah. Like oh, that's great. I, I, I should join in sometime. That would be class. very fun. Yeah. But yeah. I, the challenge for me is, uh, you know, it would it would be good for me because with discipline when I'm doing that writing, because otherwise yeah. I'm like, oh, sometimes I'm writing on this time of the day and sometimes I write, you know, and so that would force me also to be writing at a, at a more regular uh, pace, too. So that, that would be good. Uh, well, we'll put a link to that as well. So folks can awesome. check that out if they would like to join in. I think that's great. Um, so who else would you recommend me have on this show? Okay, so two people that I love talking about writing with. Um, Shauna Germain, uh, who is one of the co-owners of Monty Cook Games and also mm -hmm. a very prolific uh, short mm -hmm. fiction writer. Uh, she's kind of done everything. Uh, and she she has such wonderful insights about sort of like language and uh, um, character emotions. And since you're not going to talk about any of that, right. uh, she also does... <laughs> She, she also go, does really fun Somebody's things. not asking me about these things. I also feel like she's got just like, I don't know. She's always got some some cool new projects, new hobbies she's trying, um, which makes me, you know, yeah. makes me want to try stuff. <laughs> but she's delightful. Um, I would also say my co-host on writing about dragons and shit, E. Dave Walters, uh, who writes uh, primarily screenplays um, mm. and and uh, uh, like TTRPG stuff, but also comics um because because i he's just i mean again he has great insights but also he is delightful and a beacon of light he's just a wonderful person yeah um, well, I, I i am a fan of we've had some screenwriters on before but i yeah. want to have more comic book authors because that is a it is a uh, an art style that I have an incredible amount of respect for because I've tried it before and failed miserably. <laughs> Writing a comic book, Such people don't realize form. how hard it is. It is right? really hard. You've got to describe every panel, not just every panel, how the panels should fit. And you don't want to write that, you know, every page has six panels and they're all exactly yeah. like, how are they going to align? And yeah, so props to comic book writers. Um, absolutely. Anybody else? So the other person I thought of um, is a little uh, new to me, I should say. I met her at World Fantasy, but Marina Lostetter is mm. a hoot. I love chatting with her, um, and her writing is fantastic, uh, and she she was just a lot of fun. 
Yeah. Those are the people that I thought. Excellent. Of. Oh, very, I'm very a little good. Bit, I'm a little bit like, oh, I know a lot of other writers, but you just need a huge list. But those are the three that popped in my head first. Yeah. No, that's great. I will reach out, see if they'd be willing to be on. That's very cool. Okay. So there's some folks I have to thank before we end here, uh, before we get to our advice for everybody for the week. But first, uh, thanks to the artist Max Oakland, who reached out and provided one of his songs for our intro song, I Prefer the Dusk. Let Max know you like it by following him on Twitter at Max Oakland with three Ds. Thanks to Halizna CCO for their song Kids for the ad break. Uh, if you're in a band and you like your song used on the show, I'd love to highlight a listener's work like Max's song. So email that to me. Thanks to Doug, the producer, for making this show sound good and taking the blame when it doesn't. Thank you always, Doug, for that. Um, and I cannot forget to mention Writers Not Writing is a production of Notapie Publishing. So please go to notapiepublishing.com and check out the amazing books written by writers who didn't procrastinate too much. If you like this show, rate it and review it wherever you found it. Please check out Aaron's two books that are coming out. The titles for those, again, are... So Relics of Ruin comes out at the end of April and uh, Gift of Guthix comes out in May, which gives you plenty of time to read the first book. Well, for Relics of Ruin, gives you plenty of time to read Empire of Exiles, uh, the first book of the yes. Books of the Usurper series, uh, so that you're ready for Relics of Ruin. Yes. So, and when you read Empire of Exiles, rate and review it really does make a difference to give that uh, that fifth star to give you know it doesn't have to be a long review and you will make aaron's day so please check that out and uh, and write that review and for this show as well click on that little thumbs up and if you write a funny review we'll read it on the show so uh, by all <laughs> means uh, uh you know write a review we would appreciate it apparently apple uh is the place to review for podcasts uh, so if oh. you're on apple those reviews, I understand, make a bigger difference. So uh, if you're on Apple, feel doubly obligated. You now need to write a review. Um, so Aaron, I want you to remember some uh, three things this week. Aaron, what's your advice for everybody going into their week? Um, okay, so my advice is you're probably not resting enough. Uh, so let yourself rest. It doesn't take away the good thing, the, the great things you've done, the great things you're going to do. It just gets you refreshed so you can do more. Excellent. I, I completely agree. And my <laughs> advice is related. It may take the form of rest, but I always say to folks, a novel without spaces would be gibberish and our lives need spaces too. So don't ignore the spaces. Um, and also, no matter how much you procrastinate, we're still proud of you. If I take my time